restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, strength, use, and acceptance. Welcome to the Lion's Pen, the official podcast of the Heirs Project, Art and Revival Speaks. The information, opinions, and resources expressed on the Lion's Pen podcast and blog or the Heirs Project website are not a substitute for professional treatment. You should always contact your medical or mental health professional for advice and treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. My name is Samantha Simons, AIRS founder. I'm a peer support specialist, yoga and meditation teacher, creatrix, and I'll be your primary host for this podcast. Welcome, Devisha. Thanks for joining me on the Lion's Pen podcast. Thank you, Samantha, for having me. Yeah, I am excited. Uh, for anyone listening, Devisha and I used to be co-workers, and we are now in different parts of the recovery world, but thankfully still friends and colleagues. And I am really excited to bring a clinical point of view here today because Obviously, we um, we present the Heirs Project from a peer point of view, but we would not have the programs that we have if it were not for clinicians. And Debisha is one of the clinicians I've worked with that really values the peer role and understands why we're here. Uh, so before we start, Debisha, anything you want to tell us about yourself? Um, sure. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that it's my absolute pleasure to collaborate with you, Samantha, for this month's series of podcasts. You are so talented and so passionate about your work, and it's truly an inspiration for me, and it's my honor to be here today. Uh, so a little bit about myself. So I moved here from uh, Toronto, Canada. I was working in the field of autism. And when I moved here, I started uh, more focusing on um, substance use and individuals with co-occurring disorder and to just grow within the field and help community. Why is intersectional expressive arts important to you? Thank you, Samantha, for the question. Uh, first, I want to explain to our listener what intersectionality is. It is a framework for conceptualizing a person. It takes into account of people's overlapping identities, experience in order to understand the complexity of prejudice that they face. As a mental health clinician, it is important for me to recognize that certain individuals face multiple and intersecting form of structural discrimination. And as a clinic clinician, I need to work together to incorporate different communities and, and their experience with culture. And the key point here is to recognize multiple struggles that block individuals from realizing the equal opportunity, respecting voice of those directly impacted. And with that comes inclusive so being inclusive and incorporating different perspective when someone is sharing and at my current work we strive for collaboration with the team approach we provide resources for people from different communities issues areas and sectors to promote the transformative change 
uh, intersectionality recognizes the connection of the community, which amplifies the importance, ensuring that all members of the communities are respected and enjoy access to opportunity. With that, intersectional expressive art provides a platform for, to understand, conceptualize, and process the creation rather than, you know, the emphasis on the final product. It enhances mindfulness, resilience, and cultivates happiness. Again, the focus here is not on the artistic outcome, but rather on the process of creating. That is a fantastic in-depth look into intersectionality first, and then its role in expressive arts. Thank you for that. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the CSB, the Community Services Board, because that really is in our area, in the Northern Virginia DMV area, sort of the hub for accessibility to programs and support. To highlight what you said at the very end or throughout and at the very end, it's not about the end product. It's about the process and being immersed in the process as opposed to putting something out there to be critiqued and whether others love it or don't love it or want to buy it or you know, want to hire you. It, it's about what it does for you as the individual. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not, it's the process. Like I really emphasize with my clients too. It's not like how beautiful that looks or how that is. It's your personal meaning that you give to the product and explain the process I feel like that brings like true happiness and at the same time you're expressing yourself your uh, background and what you're experiencing and it's more than just like the final product like you mentioned it is I can absolutely attest to the fact that for my own recovery art became much more of a fixture when I did it to feel it, not when I did it to see it or to share it. That leads us into actually really well into the next question. The foundation of recovery is hope. How do you define hope and weave that into your life and your work? Um, to me, hope is the starting point for recovery feel like that is what keeps people going and hope has the ability to help people heal. It allows people to approach the challenges of life with more like positive mindset a feeling or desire for certain like things to happen. Uh, and hope is so important for addiction recovery. Um, and you know, like the road to recovery can be filled with lots of challenges, difficulty. I see frustration with my clients and there's so many obstacles, but having goals in recovery is excellent start. And in addition, like, you know, you need something to keep you focused on those goals. And that something is hope. It is a foundation for your recovery and without hope and feeling of desire for recovery, it would be hard for anyone to find meaningful action. And I often tell my clients that an individual without a goal is an individual walking in circles and having a goal in place and having a hope keeps you going. So that always has been like my go-to and, uh, it, just to, to have that ability to you know, sustain hope 
it will really establish a positive mindset uh, for anyone to achieve anything. I love that you said meaningful action, because as we both know, in the recovery journey for any given person, someone might have from, you know, one to a dozen treatment team members, and they're all invested in that client's progress in recovery, but the plan has to make sense for the individual. If it's not, the meaning and the purpose aren't there, and it's harder to sustain that action, and therein lies what you were saying. It's like walking in circles. Yeah, okay. And what is one myth that you have encountered related to mental health, creativity, or both? that you would like to kind of argue or prove wrong? Just one here. Uh, there are so <laughs> many that I would like to talk. But if I have to go with one uh, with my current line of work, um, often time there's this misconception that addiction is lack of willpower. This statement is not true uh, in substance use disorder addiction can be chronic and you know there are a lot of research supporting uh, longitudinal studies investigating the relationship between willpower and recovery from addiction and the findings have shown that lack of willpower was not the deciding factor when it came to beating addiction um, people with addiction seem not to be short on willpower, rather recovery is dependent on developing strategies to preserve those willpower by controlling the environment. That is, I would have to say, one of the most frustrating misconceptions that I've come across as well. And I often talk with the peers I work with about ignorance and that ignorance isn't uh, necessarily a bad or a negative thing is simply lack of information. And if we can continue to provide more solid information, then the idea that someone suffering from substance use disorder is lacking in willpower starts to go out the window. And we start to see that person as their whole self and not diminish them down to the worst things that they've experienced. What is something that you're curious or passionate about right now? What has you really excited? Um, for me, like, uh, to be honest, like, I'm always looking for ways to just, uh, you know, enhance my professional growth. Um, I like to stay up to date. Um, I like to, uh, in my free times, like, I like to research on, like, um, more evidence-based uh, practice that I can really help and support my clients with, more up-to-date uh, strategies, activities, and uh, as you know, like we both work together to uh, up-to-date the curriculum, so I haven't stopped doing that, so anything, like I tried to make it more like appealing to the group, try to um, kind of create like this fun environment where they're also like getting psychoeducation, but at the same time, it is more like 
relatable and more personable and again going back to like keeping things up to date uh, so that's one thing i'm really um, passionate about and just looking for ways to grow and help the community that i serve i love that i love the thirst for knowledge and wanting to continue making things relatable and accessible so it is, it's a good time to keep learning and, and trying new things on for size. Absolutely. And that's why like, I feel like, you know, my work is so rewarding and makes me want to do better every day. And I can guarantee everyone listening, Devisha does that. She works really hard to be her best all the time. And Devisha is currently working with adults. So having experience in the mental health, substance use, and autism world with children and adults, that's, that, that takes a pretty, um, a pretty diverse skill set, I would think. And my hat's off to you for just navigating those different realms with grace and open-mindedness, patience, compassion, and the excitement to see people really thrive. So much for your kind words. Of course. Oh, I like this one. What is one tip that you have for making the world a better place? Uh, okay, like my psychology teacher in high school used to say, do your best and let them do the rest. That was his absolute response for anything you asked him. And surprisingly, now it has become my philosophy. I've realized that change begins with me. I cannot expect to control or change what other people believe or think. But what is in my control is me. If I'm actively thinking about how I can make impact and work towards my full optimum, then I can contribute to the community and starting the change with me to make the world a better place. So do your best and let them do the rest. Yes, and that is such a, an important piece of the recovery journey too, is worry about you first, because you can't control all the stimuli that come at you when you're in the process of recovery. So do your best and your best is different on any given day. So understand that's fluid also. What is one thing that helps you feel inspired or connected to the best version of you? Um, one thing. So I think like just being reminded of like your optimum self helps me pinpoint what I want for my future and kind of helps me set priorities for how to get there. And sometimes I like to disregard any obstacle and imagine the best possible self, let's say in six months or a year. And I like creating vision board and really like working towards it. So like having that vision board kind of sets a reminder for me every day to see like, this is what I need. This is how I can accomplish. Um, so in addition to that, like my clients inspire me to continue doing better and making difference in the community. So 
just reminding myself of that and really working towards the goals for next six months to a year. Hopes I'm going. That's that's very reasonable to look ahead, but not look too far ahead and have some kind of tangible reminder. I'm a huge fan of vision boards and uh, anything that's either word-based or image-based that sparks excitement and motivation because that's not always there when you're working towards a goal. And it's not always there in creativity. Some days you feel on fire with your singing or your painting or your dancing. And then there are other days where it just feels like drudgery and you wonder why in the world did I start this in the first place? So those reminders are great. Yes. So Debisha, are there any resources that support you or the people you support in using art or creative expression for healing? Absolutely. So uh, as a matter of fact, currently at my work, um, there's this division called Live Well. And they're always working and coming up with like creative ways to encourage employees to take care of themselves. So I recently completed six week of work of art challenge. So with like, you know, COVID and everything being virtual, it was a great platform. It had like quick activity on connection, gratitude, optimism, and mindfulness. Uh, so this was actually designed to help staff learn and practice activities on a daily basis to elevate emotional fitness, including skills to like enhance resilience and cultivate happiness. And like anything like I feel like, you know, or I come across that I feel like my clients can benefit from, I always like, like to try that. So I use a couple of the activities, like I mentioned, it's very quick activities, something that's like, you know, evidence-based and backed up with research and something you can try on a daily basis. So it was really fun to like do it myself and, you know, try it with clients. And uh, I'm always looking for creative ways to get engaged and involved. Um, oftentimes, like we focus so much on like physical, you know, uh, wellness that we kind of forget about like our mental well-being. So I try to establish a balance, try to see like things that, you know, would help me like emotionally to express myself and um, creative expression is like a good platform. It could be like even like, you know, putting words down in poem or singing or even dancing to a rhythm. So it's always like good. It gets like community involved and engaged. So I, there are so many resources. And one of the things that I really like about community service board is like there's always our division or resource or like you know somebody just to email a way to like connect clients too so uh having that uh said like you know i always kind of like uh try to like throw create uh creative flares even just within staff with clients to kind of get people more involved and engaged. The fact that your the, the group that you work for brought in a creative and cathartic program for staff is so powerful because 
Yes, during COVID, but especially, or, or especially during COVID, but any time, people who work in mental and physical health, um, it can be very hard to take care of yourself. And then hats off to you for taking some of the things you learned from there and applying them to what you do with the people you serve. Because that's really, there's, you know, there's the idea of um, when you want to learn something really well, uh, do see one, do one, teach one. So observe it happening, learn how to do it, and then teach it to someone else. So I love that. I like to practice what I preach, so and I feel and, like oh, I'm with you. I'm doing this thing too. <laughs> well, and that's a, that's a big part of the programs that you and I have been involved in. Is it's not someone standing there providing information. It is being alongside the people we serve and walking through things with them, not just throwing it at them. Absolutely. So I, I really love that idea, and I think it's so important uh, anytime that people are taking care of themselves, but especially as we start to emerge. So I am all for it. Who are three people who have been influential in supporting you? So three people. I've kind of categorized them. So my parents, my husband, and my siblings. So they are my three main pillars. Uh, they always supported me and they always bring the best in me without their love and support. I don't think I would be the person that I am today. So thank you parents, husband, and siblings for <laughs> always encouraging me, supporting me, and in their own way, just influencing me to do better every time. Uh, the, the people that are in our support network make such a difference. And I think that sometimes they don't even know. They have no idea until we say it. Absolutely. And like, what, like one common thing with like all of them is the ability to empower. So there are times when I just go to them and I say, tell me what to do. <laughs> but I don't know, they always have this way of like kind of bringing like exactly what I want to do and just like empowering that in me. So I admire that about them. I agree. I think the people that know us the best can often highlight the things about us that we may not even be be seeing in ourselves. And they yep. that can there can be that little extra nudge or like you said, empowerment that maybe we're lacking in any given moment. One thing that is really important to me personally is both a person living in long-term recovery and a peer working in recovery services is access. Accessibility is one of the most challenging aspects of recovery services in general. Recovery services and programs often experience thin budgets and it can be hard to divvy those up between different programs and services. Why do you think 
are is a priority in recovery. Um, yeah, so for this, I kind of want to break it down into two different segments. So like arts, like why it's that important? I mean, any creative process promotes emotional growth and healing. So it could be like any activity or combination of activities such as dancing, writing, visual arts, drama, music, or any other creative outlet kind of helps to enhance individual develop and grow. And many people find that they, they have like strong thoughts or feelings. And oftentimes like, you know, you are caught in this place where you're not sure how to cope or how to express and having access to creative process will help them express their emotion. And it's great to way to improve self-esteem to manage addiction, to relieve stress, and to improve symptoms of like the anxiety, depression, and cope with recovery. And in addiction recovery, um, the role of art therapy really helps um, clients to externalize feeling through non-destructive means. Um, it helps like the clinician and the patient gain insight into like what the client is feeling through the art representation and their unconscious like emotions. And also it makes like a client to feel active and empowered by exploring their symbolic work and growing maturity to you know, problem solve. And it allows the individual to express emotions and like really help them cope and like manage. Cause you know, the hardest thing I have seen people like or the 30 day resident coming to a treatment facility is sitting with themselves or self-regulating. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes like in the past, what has been the answer is drugs or use or alcohol or any other substance of choice. So which is very destructive means on a long run, but really trying to change that through a non-destructive means. You can use like, you know, adult coloring that really helps you with grounding your thoughts and it helps you cope with anxiety. So I feel like there needs to be budget allocated to, uh, to offer this support and services for clients to express themselves and to promote emotional growth and healing. I could not agree more. And I have done a fair amount of training in trauma-informed expressive arts and various uh, art therapy type modalities. I am not a clinician, so I cannot offer art therapy, but I can support and facilitate expressive arts. And it provides this language for when words may not be accessible and gives the individual this tangible, either visual or physical feeling of processing. It's, it's very important. And there are so many ways out there to support art programs that are not uh, cost prohibitive. There are programs like in Alexandria, we have the Upcycle Center, 
which actually does a program with nonprofits and schools where they can do a materials membership for a reduced rate. If someone is an artist and you are just overflowing with arts and craft supplies, donating them to a program, that can be a great way to support the arts. But we do need more budget allocation to make sure this is a sustainable piece of our recovery service programs. This is one of the more fun questions. It is our Lion's Pen podcast signature question. If you were crafting a recipe for personal revival or recovery, however you want to phrase it, what would be your essential ingredients? Hmm. So what this year, 2020 and 2021 has taught me is to think about self-love and self-care. And I feel like such a vital part of wellness, uh, it is important to introduce self-love, self-care uh, to our daily lives. And many individuals suffer with self-esteem, self-destructive behaviors, because we forget the key ingredient, which is self-love and self-care. Uh, and by no means this is like an uh, act of like you know acting selfishly or uh, putting yourself first, but it's also like you know uh, focusing on yourself and understanding towards yourself. So for this week, uh, my personal recipe for revival for this week is going to be. The following, I plan to read a book, go for a walk surrounded by nature and take some photos, treat my skin to a face mask, uh, make a gratitude list and read affirmation and uplifting quotes. I encourage anyone who appreciates creative expression or even wants to try it, keep a little sketchbook or journal or something in your purse, your backpack, whatever you carry with you everywhere. And whenever inspiration strikes, you know, maybe that's when your gratitude list gets written down, or maybe you make a little sketch of the nature that you just saw, or maybe you take a picture with your phone and then you write an entry about it in your journal. So I think that those in the moment experiences are so important. I'm glad that you brought up the idea of keeping a journal. Um, just wanted to emphasize that, you know, a journal can help decrease stress. It helps to improve immune function. It reduces anxiety, strengthens the relationship. And it, in addition to that, it helps to boost memory and attention span. So, you know, it's a great way to reflect and sort of like make it a habit. Definitely. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there is, there's a different part of the brain that's accessed when you write something down, vice when you hear it or when you speak it, that reinforces it. 
Absolutely. So uh, when you're uh, holding a pen and paper and like writing something down, so you're only focusing on like one task at a time. So yes, it does help with like retaining your memory. And at the same time, like, you know, all this automatic negative thoughts that you're having. So kind of keeps you grounded from just engaging in that one activity. So it's even good to negate the negative self-talk. Well, this has been very informational. I am sure anyone listening might feel uh, a little bit inspired to maybe dig deeper into art as a healing modality, not just a creative expression modality. And I have always appreciated getting to learn from you for the past few years and you know, just converse with you about how we can continue to serve our community. And I have this this wild imagination that takes me down, you know, a million rabbit holes at a time. Uh, anyone that ever gets to see my bulletin board at my desk at work will realize just how scattered my brain is. But it's a creative space, and that is just so important in maintaining someone's own individuality and sharing their own voice. So with that, Devisha, is there anything I didn't ask you today that you would like the listeners to know either about you or about art and recovery? Um, I mean, I was just thinking about your bulletin board, to be honest. So yeah, <laughs> anybody passing by the office and we, I had the pleasure to share the office space with you. You know, you have so many like creative things going on and anybody passing, like I always notice, like they end up having like meaningful conversation about everything that's going on. So, and you are a great listener and you know, you're concerned about um, others and their emotions. And I just respect you for like everything you do and you by far, we're like an awesome person I have come across and regarding like something that you didn't ask, I feel like we covered majority. I'm very passionate about this field. Along with that, I do enjoy playing sports and traveling. Just throwing that out there. Yes, you are an avid traveler. Les, before we close, if you could pick one place to go to tomorrow if travel oh, were safer, where would it be oh my goodness there's so many <laughs> so many places uh right now the top of my list is to visit my parents in jerusalem but other than that like i my husband really wants to go to the beach but i always wanted to go to japan so that would be if i could leave tomorrow that would probably be the place i would want to be Debisha, I know that you are currently working in substance abuse disorder recovery. Is there anywhere virtually or in person that you would like us to identify you? Um, yeah, I'm always looking to establish connection and, you know, like uh, if anybody needs any resources or anything, I'm always happy to help. Uh, so you can virtually find me on LinkedIn. Or on Instagram, pretty active on both platforms. Any um, resources, services, questions on that, I'll be happy to help. 
And we will link Debisha's LinkedIn and Instagram in the show notes for anyone who wants to reach out to her. She's a fantastic resource just for ideas and perspective and truly takes the individual approach when it comes to supporting the community she serves. It's not uh, a generalized group or population. It is the person that she's with in the moment. And I really respect that. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Find out more by visiting our website at theairsproject.org. That's T-H-E-A-I-R-S-P-R-O-J-E-C-T dot O-R-G. Again, this is Samantha Simons, founder of the Airs Project. Thank you for joining me today on The Lion's Pen, where we highlight the joy and impact of creative expression that helps shape and support us on our own individual journeys through the peer's lens of lived experience. The music for this podcast was created by Jared Simons Music, jsimonsmusic.com.